I have learned a lot during this quarantine, during this pandemic, during this administration. I can be a charming friend and companion, or I can talk about politics. <laughs> I cannot do both. Yeah. But today I am joined by two charming friends and companions, Francis Callier and Angela V. Shelton, who together as Frangela uh, are trying to save the world as, as two of the sexy liberals um, who are on the radio and on your interwebs. Um, ladies, thank you for talking to me and tell me how you do it because I'm desperate to know. You know what? We we try to laugh through it. We really do. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast number 719. Here are Frangela. Together, Francis Callier and Angela V. Shelton are known as Frangela, and they host the essential funny political podcast, The Final Word. And this Saturday night, September 26th, they're performing as part of Stephanie Miller's sexy liberal virtual tour, appearing right in your living room on your computer. I've known these ladies for decades, and I'm so glad we were able to finally talk about how they navigate the issues of the day through humor and truth. You have to laugh or else you'll cry. But now I say it's okay to cry. Yeah. And then when you're done crying, get up yeah. and laugh again. And laugh I, some more. Yeah. I also break things. So um, <laughs> I go onto my balcony and break plates or anything ceramic because uh, it shatters nicely. So like one, it's a large patio. So at one end, it's just broken stuff. Um, it helps me a lot. I don't know if it's for everyone. But for me, grab a mug and just, and then you go, oh, or bite a washcloth and scream. Yeah. And these. That helps. That's, these are these are great tips. Oh my gosh. Yes, it's really very educational already. Mm -hmm. Thank yeah. goodness. Um, I think it's so wonderful that you are guys are both using your comedy. Because Franny, you're a Second City alum. You and D, my wife, D. Ryan, toured you know, went on the road doing the hard work, bringing the comedy to the people, bringing the funny to the folks. And, and, and Angela, you and I worked together for one hot, very funny minute on wow. our pilot for TBS until TBS decided they didn't want you enough to pay you or something. <laughs> I don't remember, but I remember we had fun, but I don't really remember what happened. Oh, we were try we were so excited to bring your voice as part of our the week reduced and then the deal couldn't get made and I should have seen that as the first sign that this <laughs> pilot isn't going to go. <laughs> Where yeah, I you know, it's so it's always so disappointing when those things fall apart on the the, the legal crap because you always feel like yeah. that's the last thing, right? It's just a contract, but then when that for something and I do not remember yeah. at all. You know what the issue was or wasn't, but I think it 
I have a vague feeling of you being really like, I don't understand what their deal is. Like, it was just very, but I don't remember, but it was fun. I, you know, it was very strange too, because we got so close to that show going on the air. Um, like literally they broke for Christmas at the end of 2007. And then on the first few day of 2008, they went, yeah, we're not going to go for it. You guys aren't stars. And we went, well, what tipped you off? <laughs> we were honest about that. Yeah. When we yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we weren't hiding that. We've been working together for a year, talking for a year. Anywho, the point is, you guys are now, um, um, uh, you know, banding together, joined at the hip, maybe sharing DNA. We can get into that or not. Um, uh, and 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 really using your comedy for good in terms of, you know, changing hearts and minds and talking about the issues of the day. How did that? How did that begin for you guys? Where did you? How did you find out that this was a, a useful way that you guys could use your voices? Well, you know, as you said, we started out, Angela started out at Second City, Detroit. That's We met at Second City, Chicago. And, you know, Second City is a social political satire place. That is what you do. You read the newspaper every day. And when you come on stage, Angela can speak to this. That is what you're talking about. What's going on? And I think that if you've been trained that way, you never stop being that person you yeah. never stop doing it so life and art starts to meld yeah and cut to 2020 really 2008 when we started doing radio is where it started because mm -hmm. that's where we it drove we drove very deeply into politics yeah i think we had been on the fringe of it a mm -hmm. little bit and then and because people always like and that was from the, like the equality stuff LBGTQ uh, organizations, always, you know, affiliated in that way. Mm -hmm. But politics really started, I think, for us in 2008. That and it was Bush. Yeah, Bush that then took us into a glorious eight years mm -hmm. um, that also allowed for uh, intelligent um, dissection of the issues. When did you start touring as part of the the sexy liberals uh, package, which I think is such a great name? Yeah, when 2017. Okay. Um, we had been doing Stephanie Miller's show uh, around 2008. We sit in for her her radio show. We fill in, and the audience members knew us from that. And then we uh, we did some other things, a lot of other television, writing, producing, and then came back to radio via a podcast on her Sexy Liberal Network, Podcast Network, and then started touring in 2017 and has, and that just, you know, boom, wonderful. Well, and I've seen you guys perform together a couple of times. You were here in Chicago a few years ago, and you, you're, you, it's, su it's such a pleasure to watch you uh, do your thing because you are so joined at the hip. You can finish, finish each other's sandwiches, as they say in Frozen. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, and is that just, have you always been that way? Has it been, did you hit it off immediately? Yes, we did hit it off immediately for sure. Um, and I, one of the things that sticks out for me about how it's like, everybody's acknowledged that in our little community from the beginning. Like I remember when Frances got married, she'd left Chicago and moved out here to Los Angeles. And so she, being a cruel friend, had me in charge of um, making decisions about her wedding. So, <laughs> like, so I was here doing that. And I remember being really, I was on main stage and um, it was my, we were in rehearsal and I was really panicked about 
asking for this night off to go to her wedding. And because I was like, it's in the middle of rehearsal, you know, to get an understudy in at that point when it's like half new material, half old, whatever. So I went in and to ask and they were like, uh, yeah, we've already been planning for that. We knew you were happy to go to that, that you were. And I was like, oh, really? And they were like, yeah, we knew that. Like, we knew we couldn't keep you guys from doing that. I was like, oh, good. So, yeah, I think that 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 from the moment we met and we hung out, we really did connect. And we spend a lot of time together. We talk a lot. And so we do, we know each other well, but this is the thing. You know, we surprise each other <laughs> all the time. And that's, I think, the thing that's fun about performing, you know, for people is that they're, we, our goal is to surprise each other and to say things that we don't expect. And so that's always been one of the, the most part, the joyous parts of performing together. Yeah, the, the, for me, I, you know, I love hearing the audience laugh. I want the audience to laugh with us and what have you. But really, honestly, I'm trying to make Angela laugh. Well, and that's amazing that you can still make each other laugh. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we laugh all the time, heartily. Here's the thing. 98% of whatever we've ever talked about has been hysterical. Nobody will ever see. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of it is very... Um... Like, I remember Stephanie Miller, she, you know, we all end up... We travel the other... She's here and out in L.A. too when we're touring. And... um before we'd meet up with her at the gate, she'd always be like, where are you? And she, one day she's like, you know, I feel left out and I want to be in these conversations. And I was like, are you sure you do? Because the last 45 minutes we've been debating which shape of French fry we prefer. <laughs> and I mean, avidly debating. And like, I mean hard. Like there's hard. a lot of this that is tedious to other people. And, and a waffle fry does not qualify. Yes, it does. See, this is the problem. This is her, this is where she blind. Awesome. That's a potato. She's blind to the waffle, but likes a steak fry. Explain that. Steak fries are delicious. It's ridiculous. It's awful. Just get a baked potato. It's not even, you're missing the whole point. See? You didn't want to hear that. <laughs> that's, that's so, these, we can talk about anything. You and really we, yeah, we have an opinion about everything. <laughs> and the problem for some people sometimes is realizing that even as strongly and as passionate, there's no like levels, right? It's like, it's all passionate, right? So <laughs> the thing is that like, we may sound like we really, really care about it, but we know it's trivial and we don't necessarily really care about it, but that's just our, how we talk to each other, mm -hmm. you know? So, so politics is, you know, naturally, because it is a part of our lives and it is our lives. It's, it's not, this is not happening on TV. This is life. Uh, it's a natural place for us to end up. Hi, this is Scott Bakula, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Okay, can you please take the gun away from my head now? Can you RSC the RSC? Right now, the only place to see the remote Shakespeare Company is online. We've created a brand new page at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com, and a playlist on our YouTube page, where right this second you can watch us perform many of our epic abridgments from the comfort of your own shelter. You can also grab your own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin, and beautifully illustrated by Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. Now back to my conversation with Francis Callier and Angela V. Shelton, better known as Frangela. 
whether it's a waffle fry or the decline of democracy. Right. Yep. Uh, Y'all have uh, 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 great, strong opinions. How, how, in the moment, trained as you are to talk about the news, how do you find the comic angle to approach something? You know, if it's well, just happened. Sometimes it's enough to just say what everybody is thinking. You know, like, Notice Fool does not want me to inject bleach. You know what I mean? Because every and every that as soon as we bring everybody into that moment, then that at least gives us a moment to jump off from there. You know, right. and um, and you know, and it's you know, like the news is it's it's at this point it's the water cooler. It is the gathering point. It is the lightning strike. It is the point in which we now the lotus comes up from it and we figure out what's going on you know mm -hmm. it's uh it's changed in our lives it used to be infotainment it's no longer infotainment yeah, yeah. it's dangerous now <laughs> it, is, it is dangerous now and it's it, it, and even the comedy about what's going on is sometimes hard to hear and watch because it's still about what's going on yeah yeah, yeah. well and, and the funny. thing is yeah. we're upside down yeah you know, yeah. it's like being upside down in a house payment. Yeah, like we've been doing, you know, on the sexy little virtual tour, and we have a show this Saturday, actually. We, um, we, you know, you, you're doing, you know, you, you have the opportunity to do all sorts of different sketch things and do, you know, impressions and stuff. And one of the things that we've sort of avoided is um, diamond and burlap, whatever they are, <laughs> um, because they are, what in my mind, what I call like a satirical trap. You know what I mean? Like, they are so grotesque and so ignorant that yeah. any portrayal of them has the potential to just seem racist, you know, <laughs> to just seem, even though you could just be repeating what they said. Yeah. So it's, it's, I think that for us, we also are um, human and, 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 and I will and I say it that way because I think there are a lot of comedians who sometimes we spend a lot of time together. We get in that comedian, try to mm. say the most outrageous thing. And we start to lose our sense of what's appropriate and what isn't in a broader. And I don't mean in like a propriety way, but in a, what is good and what is evil, you know, way. Yeah. And, and, but we tend, we're pretty grounded and there are things that aren't funny, you know, and that, there are times in a conversation where you, this, you know, I'm not a comedian, right. you know? Um, so that is, and I think that we bring that to, to our, our political, whether it be sketch or stand up, which is we are also are about, cause you know, in comedy, like if you can get people to laugh, you can get in, you know? So we don't start there. We start with get you to laugh. We start to get you to trust us in our, you know, running order or whatever. And then we're going to, we're going to try to get in some other ideas and maybe some challenging ideas and some less, you know, more complicated or nuanced ideas. And, and, but we, what we don't do is say things or, or mock things that are just inherently not funny. Right. right. We're not, we're well, not, in, we're not shock comedians. We're not here. And we're not demeaning you. comedians either. Right. right. Well, you can I, sit in the front row at our show. Yes. You it's, know, it's, yes. It's well, and I love what you said, you know, Franny, you said, you know, you tell the truth. You say what everybody's thinking. And, and often that's a huge laugh because people aren't telling the truth. And that's, that's good. right. And I and Angela, I love what you said, too, about, you know, um, that other that other duo that's out there than quite famous, because I have said on Twitter a couple of times. Well, one thing I got bumped from Twitter for 24 hours because I said, uh, 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 boy, the sooner all these. Uh, old white guys start dying off, the better off we'll be. And uh, I got taken off of Twitter because that was considered hate speech. And, really? and I went, what? 
I didn't realize that wishing for the demise of my own demographic uh, <laughs> is considered hate speech. But I've also said on Twitter that I am, you know, in terms of the issues and this upcoming election, I am hashtag team black women. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Know, you. They, as a, as we a, all should be. I'm team black women too. Well, absolutely. And this is why I love listening. Because, again, as a demographic, I'm certainly not team white women who voted for um, um, the current uh, uh, Cheeto. Um, um, but in terms of the issues that I care about that, that affect the most uh, uh, underprotected people in our yep. society, Black women as a demographic have our backs. And yep. I am following them and following your lead, not Diamond and Burlap's lead. <laughs> that is yeah, always I mean, our thing. What is the black? What are the black people in the room doing? Yeah, yes. like if you call me, like so it's crazy here. There's the chaos. I want you to be like, follow the black people. <laughs> Just find them and follow them. Yeah. <laughs> like, they will, because black men are right behind black women. Just a few percentage points behind in terms of how we vote. Yeah, um, and they often but, don't get that credit, but they, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I was gonna say like what we've all learned now during COVID is how instrumental every aspect of our society is in taking care of people. You know, um, everybody wants to call everything socialism or this or that, but the reality is is that if you do not protect people who are underserved in your communities, then you don't have things like restaurants and schools and police departments and fire departments. Yeah. When you when you do not take care of the least the lesser amongst you, mm -hmm. you will have problems in a society and we're going to find those types of things out. Well, they, they, people describe uh, anything where money goes to a place you don't want as socialism. But, you know, we give money to farmers, we give money to banks, we give money to yeah. billionaires, we can give money to the uh, the least of us also. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, we have the resources. There is enough for everybody. Like, there's actually, I took this great class years ago um, in college called World Hunger, 10 Myths of World Hunger. And um, one of the myths is that there's not enough food. There's plenty of food on this planet. There's plenty of food for everybody on it now to this day. We just charge money for it. Yeah. And that that that's the problem. Yeah. And we um, um but if we, you know, I always think of Star Trek and the Federation and how they never really deal with it, but there's just no money. You know, like there's no money anymore. And the goals of the society are exploration and and education and people just do things. And whenever they it's one of those little things when you watch the movies or you're just sort of like it never like they don't hammer it home at all. No. But there it is. It's all about priorities. You know, yeah, and fulfillment. Like, fulfillment yeah. becomes something different. We don't have to live this way. You know, like these are choices. So this isn't handed down by some being, you know. So like we have options every day and sometimes it's easy to forget that. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. For tickets to and more information about Stephanie Miller's Sexy Liberal Virtual Tour this Saturday night, September 26, 2020, go to sexyliberal.com. There you can also find Frangela's The Final Word podcast, which you can also find wherever you get your podcasts. Then send us your funny truths via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can also find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at 
RSE Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener, and you can follow Frangela on Twitter and Instagram at Frangela Duo. Thanks, as always, to unsexy liberal Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, and music by John Weber and GarageBand. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Kimberly Setron. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Captain Jonathan Archer of the Starship Enterprise NX-01 himself, Scott Bakula. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. Please stay safe, stay home, and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 719 2057ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. For, for hashtag team black women to uh, uh, cross paths with hashtag Star Trek, my brain just exploded in terms of my loves and passions. <laughs> we are we're big sci-fi dorks, like huge sci-fi dorks. And I love the new Star Trek re- uh, boot. What's his name? Who did those? JJ Abrams? No. Oh, no, no. JJ Abrams. Yeah. When the first one came out, we went to go, you know, obviously, first night, we're seeing it. The minute the, the thing happens, and, I, and I'm about to scream, I swear to God, Francis will tell, tell you this is absolutely honest what happened. I went, Kobe Ashimaru, we're going to get to see his Kobe Ashimaru? So I was uh, vibrating with joy. I was like, I've always wanted to see it. They always talked about Kurt's Kobe Ashimaru, but you never thought you could see it. It was so crazy. People weren't even mad about the outburst. They just turned around and laughed. They were like, because I was like, so sincerely thrilled. Like, I've always wanted to see how Kurt did the one thing that nobody ever done and he passed it because you can't pass it. It's the unwinnable question. You know, like just way too into it. Like way. Clearly we're going to have to have another conversation about all the new CBS All Access shows. Ooh, oh, God, yes. Oh, oh, yeah. CBS found a way to get black people. Several. Yes. Like we had CBS. to kick them 900 years into the future, but... But that we exist yes. there, and that's nice to know. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.